Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome to another episode of To Dare is Human, a podcast dedicated to stories of grit, determination, persistence, and sometimes plain hard-nosed stubbornness on the human journey to success. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Today I'll be chatting with Kevin Lance, a marketer at a group of neurology offices with a mind for electronics turned founder of Avito, a mobile accessories company recently named a 2017 CES Innovation Award winner. I have to say, at first, I had no idea how Kevin could have made this dare, as the two fields and professions in the story are so far apart, but as it happens, when opportunity came knocking to unite with his passion in the form of a powerful mentor, he made sure to take full advantage. This is a great episode featuring a bona fide self-starter who stands as yet another great example showing that your dare, no matter how different from your current pursuits, is absolutely possible provided you are willing to go out and be proactive about seeking the opportunity yourself. My favorite part about this is how he got first in touch with his mentor. Be sure to listen for that. So now, without further ado, here's the founder of Avito, Kevin Lance. Okay, so I'm here with Kevin Lance. Kevin is the founder of Avito. And uh, Kevin, great to have you on the show, man. How are you doing? Doing fine, Adam. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. It's great to have you uh, on the show. Great to be connected with you through a couple of very, very close friends of mine in Baltimore. Uh, listeners will know that uh, I'm partial to folks at the moment who are living in this tri-state area, and so especially folks from uh, around where I grew up, it's great to see people who are embracing this theme that uh, that I'm trying to showcase right down the street. So uh, really appreciate that to start off. And uh, it's been really great to follow the story of Avito and learn all about uh, the offering that you have and how you started it all off. But uh, before we dive into that, how about I'll just hand it over to you and why don't you introduce it for yourself considering you founded it. Talk a little bit about what uh, Avito is all about. Awesome. Well, first off, Adam, awesome job with the podcast. I'm really enjoying what you have so far. I think you're doing a fantastic job and bringing people on. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, so I'm going to continue listening and I'm excited to see what's, what's next. But I'll give you a quick overview of Avito. So essentially, Avito is a mobile accessories manufacturer. Uh, we design and create unique and cutting edge mobile accessories for phones, for tablets, for portable devices. Anything from power banks to Bluetooth speakers to cases to car chargers, you name it. We're trying to be kind of innovative in this space and we're trying to do it um, not only uh, in the U.S., but also internationally. So we're having a lot of fun with it. We started the company about three years ago, and it's been a blast. It's been a heck of a learning experience. We've been keeping up with all the trends, and it's been a lot of fun, and every day is a new day and a new learning experience. I bet it is. I bet it is. It's something now that you have been at for roughly the past three years and you are doing a bunch of new great things, most recently uh, being the subject of an award at CES this year where you launched your newest product in the line, the Weba, which we will talk about. I'm just teasing this for now. We'll talk all about it in a little bit. But I want to turn the clock back to before that three-year span to start off where you started off which was not at all in mobile accessories, was not really even in tech. 
coming out of school, uh, you were working in marketing in a neurology office. Why don't you talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into what caused the change away into something that seems totally different. That's exactly correct. I mean, going way back, I mean, I'll just tell you, I've always had a passion in technology and a passion in electronics. I've done everything I can to explore it, but never took the leap to kind of be in it. Um, I was always a fan of like, uh, you know, fixing things and fixing phones and fixing iPods and iPhones. That was kind of what got me started. But to be honest with you, when I got out of college, I followed the traditional nine to path, nine to five path job. I was working at a neurology office in Maryland, a uh, group of neurology offices doing marketing. So I was in charge of some of the commercials. I was in charge of some of the stuff at the website and nothing related to mobile accessories. Let's put it that way. I mean, uh, cognitive function was, is nowhere near uh, mobile accessories, but it was, it was a good experience. Um, and unfortunately for the company, um, they ended up going out of business. And at this time, I, I did, in fact, have the idea of starting this mobile accessories company. I can tell you, I can give you a background of how I got into it. But um, the time was now to say, you know, this company went out of business. I had just lost my job. I worked there for about a year and a half. I did not. The company did not go out of business because of me. I'll make that completely clear. <laughs> well, that, that's great. That's good to hear. It wasn't because of just that, those awful commercials. <laughs> it was not the awful commercials. They, they were a success. I want to make clear. Um, but you know, the time was now, and I said I could you know get another job. I could try to look for something, or I could do my own thing and continue with my passion. And I decided the time was the time was then, um, and out came a veto. But I'll give you a quick background before then. I mentioned it before, so. When I was in high school, I really got into the idea of, of fixing things, and it was to the point where I was buying broken iPods and broken, um, I, guess, I guess it was iPods was back then, iPhones came in like 2007, um, and I started buying broken ones and fixing them, and then reselling them on, reselling them on eBay, and I, that was kind of my entrance to the world of design and manufacturing. And it was such a fun business because it, it really it gave me side money. I mean, it was like my side gig. I literally would like go to school, come home, go on eBay, buy 25 to 30 iPods at a time. And I would mix and match parts to get ones working. And then I would resell them. And it was like so much fun. And I guess it was at that point I, I realized I liked the idea of buying and selling. I liked the idea of kind of the marketing of, of these electronic products. Um, fast forward through, through school. Like I said, kind of just dropped off, got busy with school, and ended up doing this whole um, traditional path. And then junior year, it hit me. I, I really want to do something back with electronics. I really, that was my passion. And do you remember the store, The Sharper Image? Yeah, absolutely. My absolute favorite store when I was a kid. <laughs> it probably still is, even though they're not around. I loved it. I loved the gadgets. And the company and went out of business, and they closed all their stores, but the founder it was like a, like a big idol of mine. His name was Richard Tallheimer. And he happened to start his own small company out in California called Richard Solo. And I wanted to see, you know, they had nothing formal on their website or anything, but to see if they had any internship opportunities. So I reached out to their customer service and just said, look, like, yeah, I'm looking for an opportunity. I'm looking for interest, non-paid. I don't care. Just something. I, it's, it's what I love. And Basically, one email back to another, you start working your way up the chain, customer service to the manager, manager to the next level, to the next level. 
And I probably drove him so crazy, but I ended up getting directly to, to Richard directly. And I said, look, I'm such a fan of you. I love what you did with Sharper Image. What you're doing now is awesome. I have some really great ideas. Is there any opportunity? And, you know, the response, which was crazy, because I was getting a response from this guy in the first place, was, yeah, we don't really have much and, you know, whatever. And I said, look, I looked at your website. I have some ideas for social media. I have some ideas for product. And I just started pushing stuff down his throat. He just said, all right, when can you come out this summer? So next thing I know, I'm on a plane. I'm out in San Francisco, and I'm working alongside, alongside this guy. And I pitch him on a product idea. And we end up creating it together. And he's the one who introduced me to the idea of working with suppliers overseas, working with mobile accessories, understanding how to create, take a product from concept all the way to execution and selling it. And our product that we created together, we were in Sky Mall, we were in Amtrak's magazine, we were on Airtran Airways magazine, we were in United, United Hemispheres magazine, these airline magazines, selling this it was a uh, portable power bank case that you could house your iPad and two phones and charge everything in this little case. It was a very cool little, pro- little product. And he's the one that introduced me to it. And he just said, you can do this. You know, if you really want to make this a business, go out and do it. And I just said, ah, I don't know, you know, whatever. And again, I started following the traditional path of the nine to five. And but after that was over, I said, the time is now. I have to do it. And out came Avito. So Richard was really the mentor that kind of told me, you know, you could do this. You know, just start your business. Why not do it? And I thought about him as I got out of that neurology office job and said, it's time. It's time to do it. That's a heck of a story to get yourself all the way up from customer service to your eventual mentor. Um, you know, having some sales experience myself, I know how much of a challenge that can be. So that in and of itself is a challenge. But then actually, you know, being assertive and saying, no, you know, I really have some great ideas for you. Getting yourself really on that plane and launching that product uh, sounds like an incredible journey in and of itself, let alone when you move out of this neurology office, which had gone out of business, and you now are on the verge of starting your own thing. You realize this is the moment, this is the dare, this is the jump that I have to make. But you are looking back at two businesses, the business of your mentor and the business that you had just been employed at, both go belly up. You realize the risks going in, you know, I have a dream of something that I can do in the tech space, but every day, no matter the industry, I mean, there are companies going belly up and it's the reason that I'm here. Could I be next? You know, could this get chopped off of the head even before it starts? I imagine there had to be at least a little bit of nerves, you know, moving away from this security of the nine to five and, and moving into this brand new space, but fresh off of, you know, two encounters where the businesses did not work out as planned. A little bit is a lot of bit. I mean, that was, was always in my mind. I mean, it was just like, I can't believe this. He went out of business. This neurology company went out of business. You know, what am I doing here? But, you know, I, I feel like I had to take the chance. It was the only way. And, you know, at the end of the day, the way I feel is I'm going to give it my best shot. If I hope it works and I'm going to do everything I can to make it work. And, you know, if it doesn't, so be it. I gave it a shot. It was the time to do it. But, you know, so far, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, things are going well. And uh, I couldn't be happier with it. 
It certainly seems that way, uh, you know, now that we're three years out. How about let's move just past that jump then? Now you've made the dare, all right? You've committed yourself. You are in there. And you've got, you know, a number of, of, of months, I guess, to, to convince yourself, to convince the market, to convince the world that you are here, Avito is here, and it's here to stay. Uh, to what benchmarks of success did you hold yourself in the first, say, six to 12 months that confirmed it to you that this was the right, this was the right thing? Yeah, to me, it was, it was getting the product and the name out there and getting people to understand that you can try a new brand and it's okay. I mean, in any space, it's very competitive. Um, in the mobile accessory space, you think of electronics, you're thinking of Sony, Samsung, Panasonic, these major guys. And you go into a Best Buy, who do you expect to see? The major brands. And it's really hard as an unknown company, an unknown brand, to have trust in a company, to get to get someone to trust you. And I think you do that, a lot of it's through customer service, and I think a lot of it is through uh, the marketing. And that was the hardest thing for me, getting a brand up and running, getting a website going, getting people to trust you. And I think once you establish trust in a brand, and once the, once you, once the person trusts you, I think you have a forever customer. And that was my goal. Now, I, I see that you've, you've been able to build this up and, you know, but when you started, you had some experience as a marketing person, but still, I mean, it had to be very grassroots. Did you start on social media? Did you reach out to local business first? I mean, how exactly did you build up that website? Very good. Um, so essentially, I was knocking on doors of any retailer in the area, local or non-local, who sold anything in my area. So I would go into stores, um, Boost Mobile stores, Metro PCS stores, these mobile retailers who are franchised, individually owned and operated. And I would say, look at the product that you're selling on your shelf and look at mine. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave five units with you. If these five units don't sell, give me a call. I'm going to give them to you for free. If they sell and you want to order more, let me know. And almost every single time I got a call back from somebody by just giving them the confidence to say, show it to a customer, give them what you're selling versus what I'm selling and see which one the customer chooses. That's what worked for me. And that's how I began getting this brand recognition in these stores. Um, so it was essentially the fact of give me a chance, try it out, no harm, no, you know, there's no risk. And if it works, give me a call. And thankfully, um, for the most part, it was a, it was a very positive way of getting it out there. Online, I, I launched with Amazon. Um, Amazon was, was a very great platform to get a lot of feedback and a, and a huge audience at once. And they thankfully have a lot of tools to make it easy for sellers. Um, so Amazon was a great launching tool, but honestly, knocking on doors, trying to just get your way into these retail stores, that's, that's exactly what I tried to do. So you have it out there on Amazon, you're knocking on doors, you're just, you're just grinding, and you're getting in touch with local people, you're giving away the product for free, but in response, you're getting a lot of feedback, and what I'm hearing is that a lot of that feedback was positive. A lot of people really liked it enough that you had these store owners calling you back, but early on, I have to imagine it wasn't universal, and hopefully it did drown out the other side, but when you heard these negative reviews, and I don't even know what people would say, I guess on Amazon, the uh, the luxury of anonymity is that you can be a lot more crude than you can be in person as with the store owners and things. But I mean, I, you know, if somebody went out there and said, oh, this product's trash or it's garbage or it's malfunctioning or whatever it is, 
I mean, how, how did you react to that at first? I mean, I have to believe like this is something that you dumped your whole life into and here somebody is, some Joe schmuck on the internet just trashing it. Uh, hopefully that didn't happen too often, but how did you react if it ever did? Well, it happens to this day. I mean, the one thing is you can't avoid it. You know, unfortunately, not everyone's going to be happy. You do everything you can and you try to make the best customer service possible. Um, but the response is, you, you, you can't, what I like to do is if there is an issue, I say, well, how would you improve it? What would you recommend we do? And I take that feedback very, very seriously. I mean, to the point where if, if I'm getting feedback that day, that night, I'm contacting my supplier and I say, let's fix it because this isn't going to work. I got someone who made a very good point and we need to get it working immediately because the customer is happy. I need to make the customer happy. They are, they are the blood of the business. And, Every time we get negative feedback, we mark it down and we keep it, we, we keep it in mind. Every product we create, we make it better and better based on feedback. Feedback keeps our business going. Um, and you're 100% correct. You know, if a customer complained or if a product arrives dead on arrival, sometimes you can't avoid it. We do whatever we can to make it up to a customer. We will, to the point where we'll give them a, a free product or we'll immediately exchange it, you know, no questions asked. Um, we want to keep everybody happy, and we want to make sure we make the best possible product. And to do that, we have to listen to both positive and negative feedback. You took it in. You went out. You tried to make it right. I assume in most cases uh, you were successful. And using this strategy of customer satisfaction, and it seems just, I mean, doggone optimism. I mean, you seem like today, and maybe it was a little different back then, but you say, you know, oh, it always happens, you're always going to get this kind of feedback no matter what, which I definitely agree with. Um, you know, having interviewed some people already, like in the social media space, for example, where it's a very, very crude public if you allow that kind of thing to happen. Uh, you need that positive attitude. And I'm sure in part it was that positive attitude that allowed you to get past those first six months, that first year. You have the satisfaction of local business, you have the satisfaction of people online, and as you began to scale the business, I'm sure a couple things began to change. Perhaps it was in marketing tactics, perhaps it was in your sales tactics, and I also have to imagine that meant that you needed to convince other people to dare themselves and to jump on board with you. Uh, and unless unless you didn't, I mean, that would be pretty amazing if you were doing yep, that. So you're 100% correct. I'm a, you know I'm a guy who's coming into a store, and you have no idea who I am. You have no idea what product I created, and you're taking a chance, and everything's a risk. And I, that's why I felt the only way to do it was, as crazy as it sounds, here's free product. You have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to lose. Try it. Let me know what the customers think. And, and that was the best entrance, I think, in, for, for me in getting into these stores was no one's ever approached somebody and say, here's five free products. Have fun with it. You know, and just, just kind of, you know, and just kind of say, do with it what you wish. But almost every time. And I've been very, I mean, it was just a nice tactic. Here you go. Try it out. Let me know what you think. People will come back and say, you were right. People really did like it and they're happy with it. And, you know, let's, let's do something together. And I thought that was, that was the best way to build trust was if you can trust your product, if you can trust your brand, if you can trust your business so much so that you're willing to give it out for free and have the person take a chance with it, then that was the best way. That was the best marketing tool that I could possibly use. Amen, brother. I hear that. It sounds like a great tactic. Um, as you grew the business and continue to grow it. Um, how about bringing in other people to Avito to grow your inner family? Uh, how has how has that been going? And and I guess you can't you can't necessarily give them a job for free. But how how have you been able to convince so many people or, or to convince anybody at all to 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 join you? I mean, 
you know, it's it's a one person operation, very, very successful. But at the end of the day, it is somebody else who's saying, yeah, I trust Kevin. I mean, that's really what it is above all. Right. It's really funny. And a lot of it goes back to my suppliers. And those are really the people that I personally trust. And I work overseas with, with Chinese suppliers. And when you're working overseas with someone and you're not there on premise necessarily every day, you really don't know what to expect. And this is for anyone who's been in business who works with someone who's not you know, next door or down the street. It's really hard because it's hard to trust. It's, it's hard to trust somebody who you believe, you know, if you're, if you're building a brand and you trust your product and you're having some, a manufacturer overseas build it, it's hard to gain trust. And thankfully, you know, the best way for me to be able to kind of bring people in and to have them trust it is to show people uh, my suppliers, who they are. I'm very open with customers saying we, you know, we have the most, you have the most, you know, safety certificates, uh, regulations, regulatory certifications, safety certifications under the sun. We do everything by the book. We don't cut corners. Um, you know, my space, look at Samsung. They had a lot of issues <laughs> with their latest phone with the, with the battery. And I'm sure they had every regulatory certification, safety certification. It shows you can happen. It can happen to anyone, which is scary. But, if you trust the people you work with, if you trust your suppliers, you can bring customers in, you can bring employees in. It's all about being very transparent with what you're doing and making sure that you are indeed following things by the book and doing things right. And I think by being transparent with my customers, by telling them how it is, what it is, um, and not trying to be anything I'm not, uh, that's helped a lot. Seems like a great way to start. Obviously, I think the best way to start is to just be trustworthy. I mean, trust is, you know, in many ways, the number one uh, powerful business tactic out there. And uh, there are plenty of people who are honest in business. There are some who aren't so honest. And it bears, I guess, this perhaps curveball of a question. Has there been some time either in the ramp up or today uh, at Avito where, you know, either maybe not somebody was dishonest with you, but uh, somebody just did you dirty there in business? And, and how did you how did you deal with that either via a competitor or via a supplier who cheated you out of something? Or how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, that pressure as well? You're 100 percent correct. And, and it has happened. And it's unfortunate. But, you know, that's expected. It's, uh, it's unfortunate business, but it has happened. And the answer is you just have to keep pushing through it. And you just have to, you know, do your, you know, it's kind of run your own race is kind of what I have to say. You have to run your own race. You can't worry about other people who are trying to scam, scam you out of things or create bad product or customers who aren't trying to pay you. Um, you just have to make, you know, you have to, it's a two way, it's, it's a two way street with these people, with a, lo- with a lot of customers, with suppliers, with anyone you're working with. And you just have to continue running your own race. There, of course, there are going to be times where someone's trying to, unfortunately, you know, rip you off or scam you. And you have to continue running your own race, doing your best. Um, it's going to happen, but just have to keep pushing through it. And, you know, perseverance is key. So you continue to persevere and you keep using those sorts of words. And it's it seems like this attitude pervades everything. Uh, use the word pervades. It, <laughs> I don't know if that's the word. It permeates everything that you are doing. And, uh, you know, it's, obvi- it's something that I can pick up just from listening to you talk. Uh, and I guess it's that optimism that has kept you building the business. And fast forward to today, you just launched a brand new product, the Weba, at CES uh, at early this year, 2017, and are being awarded all over the place, uh, getting awards from CES. Talk a little bit about, uh, talk a little bit about how you wowed those guys. Yeah, this was awesome. So this was an idea of 
look, let's take a step back and let's listen to the feedback that we get from customers. What do customers not like? And the answer was, we hate cables. We hate tangles. They're a pain. Every time you plug your phone in, don't you hate how you have to bring that cable with you? And don't you just absolutely hate having to plug it into a wall? And we kind of, you know, I'll give you a background on the product. Essentially, what it is is it's a portable power bank. So if those of you familiar, they're backup batteries that you can bring with you on the go. Adam, you might have one. Um, but you bring them with you on the go. You can plug in your phone uh, directly to them. And you have portable power. And it gives you, you know, typically anywhere from one to two to three to four charges, depending on the capacity. And what we decided to do was let's take the portable power bank to the next level. Let's make it a wireless power bank. And how do we do that? So essentially what we do is we give you a portable power bank and a charging block, or excuse me, a charging plate. And at night, all you need to do is put your power bank on top of this charging plate. It's all you have to do. You never plugged in a cable. You put this power bank on top of the charging plate. The power bank starts charging. Take your phone, like a Samsung Galaxy that has built-in wireless charging, put it right on top of the power bank. You're going to wake up in the morning with a fully charged phone and a fully charged power bank, and you never plugged in a wire. It's as simple as that. And it was the simplicity of let's remove the hassle factor of a cable and let's put that same technology that a lot of these phone manufacturers are using, like Samsung, of this, it's called Qi technology, Let's use that same technology and implement it in a power bank, which is exactly what we do. We, it's our specialization is mobile accessories. And we were able to do that successfully. And we, after a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, working with suppliers overseas, a lot of back to the drawing boards, trying to get to make sure everything worked perfectly, we were very we were successful. And we ended up uh, successfully uh, winning this uh, CES, the 2017 CES Innovation Award. Uh, for this product. So it's called the Weba. It'll be out in about two to three months. And it's been just, it's, it was a blast launching that at the show, seeing people say, oh, this is so smart. You know, what, I can't believe finally I can leave a wire at home. It was, and that a concept was all from customer feedback of people saying, what do you not want anymore? And they hated cables and tangles. And we did something about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about it myself and I don't have a phone that has uh, Qi enabled technology. I don't think. Uh, unless I'm mistaken. But the one thing I really like about the idea is that I can basically go to bed at night, create this sort of like power charging sandwich here between the plate, the mobile uh, power unit and the phone. And then I can wake up and I, you know, I have a charge, but then I have another charge over here, like as a backup. And that's wireless too. Uh, You're getting rid of wires everywhere. I mean, for me, so, you know, I got an iPhone, right? And I have like the little, I mean, I don't... This charging cord they give me must it's not any longer than like 18 inches, right? I can't even take it out of the wall. And so I go to Amazon, right? And I buy like the 10 foot one. And it just, it it indicates that like, I'm trying to get further and further away from the wall, but I like don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose my power. And that's another thing that phones do. They, after a while, they just, you know, as with all batteries, they start to lose uh, power. It seems more happens with phones than, than other devices. But regardless, um, that is, that I think for me, that's the coolest thing. The ability to have that, that power dock that is completely self-sufficient after taking it off of the other plate and uh, yeah, eliminating all wires um, for the most part when you're on the go is is totally crucial. So uh, I think that's a wonderful uh, And I have, I have good news for you, by the way. We are going to include adapters. So if your phone does not have, for instance, Qi technology, we're going to include an iPhone adapter. We're going to include a micro USB cable adapter as well. So your phone will be Qi compatible when you purchase the device. Whoa. So you'll be, you'll be good to go. Okay. It's, 
right. <laughs> so Apple may not give it to us. Yeah, there you go. Take that, Tim. All right. <laughs> and they're they're killing us, by the way. When when the iPhone seven launched and we didn't see that, I just said, "You got to be kidding me." I said, "All right, all right. Let's let's make an adapter. We'll do an adapter for it." So right. right. It, 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 so you're you'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's uh, yeah. That that's I gotta say, it's totally useful. I can see where I'd use it. This was our first year doing CES as an exhibitor. It's my fifth year at the show. I was as a buyer before. And being as an exhibitor, being on the other side of the table, it's, it's amazing. You know, a company like us who's right, you know, you're, our name may be next to, you know, like the Samsung and the Sony and everyone else. I mean, that was incredible. Seeing your name, and I think that was probably the coolest thing, was, was taking a step back and taking it in and saying, here we are. You know, we're at the show. We're, we won this award. Who else won? LG, Samsung, Panasonic. This is this is crazy, you know. And when you're at the show, it's 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 anyone's game. Um, you know, people walk by and you have no idea who they are. And it turns out, you know, who do, who comes by? People from Best Buy and Radio Shack and all these major major retailers. You just you just never know who's who you're gonna see, who you're gonna talk to. And that was the coolest thing at the show. Was just it was total fair game. And totally just, it was crazy. 180,000 people for four days. It was just insane. And to have your name up there with the big dogs must have been a thrill. Unreal. Unbelievable experience. And I, I mean, I'm counting down the days till next year. We can't wait. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And uh, as you said, that product launch available uh, to the public coming up a little later this year. Uh, I, I certainly look forward to that launch. I, I think I think it'll be great. I think it's a great thing. Uh, and I think, you know, it will hopefully, and maybe this is a good and a bad, but inspire plenty of people uh, to go and, and, and try their own thing, especially in a space like this. You know, the, the wireless technology is budding uh, for sure. I mean, still is a, is a very, very high growth area. And, you know, maybe it, maybe it introduces a couple things, new, new technologies, maybe a little competition for you, but regardless, uh, a whole bunch of, of new business. And maybe that's a, a decent enough segue into this next question. It's actually one of two. And, and these are the uh, these are the two questions that I ask everybody uh, that I interview. But the first is about, um, you know, pushing somebody over the edge, but in a good way. And then the second is about shameless self-plugging. But I'll start with the first. So say there is somebody out there who uh, is looking to start a business, maybe uh, some passion that they've taken up, maybe it's a side hustle. They have a, a nine to five or something that they, at least for the moment, are supposedly committed to, could be in a totally different thing. Uh, either circumstances change personally or professionally, and they are weighing, jumping in to that water for themselves. And they're not sure where to turn, they're not sure what to do, they're aware of the risks, maybe they're a little scared, but they have people to look up to, whether it's a mentor that they've sourced themselves or through examples that they can source uh, publicly, maybe uh, through a podcast about that very topic. If you had that chance to push somebody over that edge, to push them into that dare, uh, what's a piece of advice that you've taken with you, perhaps you've gotten yourself, that you'd pass along to them? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing is, you know, don't be afraid to smart to start small. Any change, anything else, anything further than what you're doing is key. Because that little first step, it, putting your foot in the water is what gets you going. I mean, the minute we started our first product, that was like, it was like, kind of, you know, obviously we had serious reservations. I just came off these two companies that went out of business. Here I am going into my first product. And I saw I was helping people. Honestly, it was a product. It was a portable power bank. And people said, I had this in my car. 
and I, my, my, my phone battery ran out. I ran out of battery, and it was because of this product that I was able to call for help. And I saw that, and I said, you know what? This is not, you know, beyond the business side of it, beyond the product side of it, people are really actually benefiting from our products. And I really was happy about that. And that, that first step, getting your foot in the water and actually, you know, taking the plunge all the way, once you go that, once, once the first thing is, once you take the first step, the plunge is easy. So it's just take the first step. Don't be afraid to start small, but you have to do it. And don't, don't wait. The time is now. It always, it will always be now because if you wait, it may be too late and you don't want that. So I would just say start small, take the first step and, you know, believe in yourself. You can do it. You can do it. It's great advice. It's advice that, you know, I took myself uh, and sometimes I didn't take it. Yeah. Listeners of early episodes will, will remember that, you know, jumping into, uh, you know, a regular nine to five versus a, a passion of mine. I did not take that jump at first. And even jumping into something small like a side hustle, you know, it starts with that. Take the first step do some recording on a microphone and practice, upload that first thing. And hey, you know, for me, it was like the first episode got like, I don't know, it must have got like 18 listens on the first try. And then, you know, you just keep going. So, you know, take it, take it from me, listeners, take it here from Kevin. It really is just that first step that you need. The rest of the plunge, uh, it gets progressively easier with time because your experience grows and so does your confidence. Uh, Kevin, last question here for you. I want to make sure that you get this out to as many people as you can. You've done it on Amazon. You've done it with those store owners. Now I want you to do it here with me. If people are out there and they are looking to get uh, you know, new mobile power accessories or they heard about this Weeba and saw the name of Ito next to all the Titans and said, wow, I really need to learn more about them, see what they're up to. Where can they find you online? How can they buy your product and how can they generally interact with you? Absolutely appreciate it. So our website is Avido, A-V-I-D-O, power.com, avidopower.com. We have all our products on there. We have product updates, launches, all that good stuff on our website. Uh, we also are on Facebook, facebook.com slash avidopower, twitter.com slash avidopower. Um, we launch and we've worked with Amazon over the past couple of years. They've been a fantastic launch partner for us. And all our products are on Amazon. So if you go on Amazon.com, just type in a Vito, A-V-I-D-O. All our products will pop up. We'd love to hear from you. If you have feedback, please, please, please send it to us. We thrive on it. And our email is info at avitopower.com, I-N-F-O at avitopower.com. So anything at all, feel free to pop in, say hey, say how you know if, if there's any questions. And if you do end up buying our product, if you have any questions, please contact us. You can email us. You can give us a call, one eight four four maya vito You name it, just get in touch with us. We'll be happy to help, and we love hearing from customers. So anytime, please feel free to contact us. And all of that information I will put in the show notes and echo after uh, the finish of this interview in the episode. But you heard it straight from the source here. Uh, go check out Avito. Check out what Kevin has dared to do over the last three years. Take a look at the journey. Enjoy the product. Uh, Kevin will be sure to give you a, a good experience there. Kevin Lance, wonderful to have you here on the show. Great to hear about Avito's success so far. Looking forward to its continued success in the future. And overall, thanks for coming on to the show. Adam, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I really, really appreciate the opportunity. As mentioned, you can interact with Kevin and Avido at avidopower.com, A-V-I-D-O Power, and on Facebook and Twitter at Avido Power. They sell through Amazon, so the next time you're building your shopping list, be sure to look them up.
Kevin, thanks for coming on. It was a pleasure. Make sure you keep following To Dare is Human by subscribing to the show on wherever you get your podcasts. I say it, I think, almost every episode, but guys, seriously, the best way to keep improving the show is through the feedback that you provide. So leave that rating, leave that review if you like what you hear, and I'll be sure to shout you out right here on the program. Likewise, I'm here on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all at To Dare is Human, and also by email, hello at todareishuman.com. Alright, that's it. That's enough for now. That's all for this episode of the show. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, I'm your host, Adam Connor. Have a good one, keep daring, and I'll see you later. Later.